Hey there, welcome to A Woman's Sacred Truth, a podcast where we are going to explore some uncomfortable and often even painful experiences, but also the joy and satisfaction that comes from moving beyond what has hurt us as we reach new levels in our life, which feels like, honestly, the best thing ever. Well, hello there. This is Mianne, and I am your host here on A Woman's Sacred Truth. On today's episode, you're in for a treat. I had the pleasure of speaking with Kimberly, and Kimberly's journey is uh, oof, one for the books. There's a lot to learn here and a lot of hope that she brings because from where she has been and what she's come through and to where she is now, living proof is all the hope that you need. And so there's a lot of little gems here on this episode because Kimberly, you know, she went through a lot of very scary, painful, fearful, um, hard times in her childhood, um, specifically, you know, from her father. Um, who she loves, who loved her, but you know, he was one of those kind of dads who just didn't know any better, right? So his, you know, there was abuse um, and uh, and very scary. It's a very scary situation when you're a little one. And so it created a lot of um, PTSD for, for Kimberly as she grew up and, you know, spread her own wings and went out on her own carrying this trauma from her childhood and so because of that we end up with toxic situations in our life moving forward we repeat the past we repeat what we know and so abuse followed her um and then of course (laughs) we need to numb we need to escape from this pain from our dysregulated nervous system that we just need a break from and so alcohol, you know, slips right in quite perfectly as it does. But here she is. She has created now at midlife. She has created the love and safety that she has always deserved and craved and been searching for and praying for. And that's another big piece of her story is that her faith has really held her so beautifully through the years and I can't wait for you to listen to this because like I said there's a lot of gems in this for anyone who has really struggled from PTSD and and you know real abusive situations um, in your life Uh, the hope is here the the light is here for you okay so this is a good one but before we dig in before we dive in um, I really want to share I've got this amazing uh, group membership coming up in the new year in 2024 if you're listening to this in the future you are welcome to join anytime this is going to be a collective of women and we're going to come together twice a month to gather and i've got the name (laughs) i've nailed it it's going to be the power house for women to come home to their deeper truth and align with the abundance that they are this is going to be a group for accountability and action okay We're going to come together, like I said, twice a month to really connect and go deep and so that we're not living from our shadows. We want to be truly aligned with our highest timeline and we're going to do our best to keep you there, okay? Um, Yeah, so that's really fun. There's going to be a couple of links below for you to click and join if you like 
you can join as stay as long as you like leave when you like come back in it's all good it's just going to be a monthly membership and the other day i had the most incredible master class oh my goodness for true female power it was unbelievable so if you would still like to um marinate and all of that goodness the recording is down below you can still purchase that as well the link will be down below and uh again it's going to be a really wonderful thing it's about 90 minutes just to like absolutely activate supercharge you and again get you ready for the new year all right so here's kimberly enjoy all right yay. here we are yay i am oh my god this is this little conversation here has been a long time coming. Um, I am so excited today to be able to sit with you and even, you know, virtually through a screen here, but to sit with you and have this conversation because you are one seriously wise woman. And what, what I, what I have been, had the honor, the pleasure of witnessing over the last three years, I confirm, yeah, three years, um, your, the path that you stepped on three years ago and now where you are, it's just, it's almost mind boggling. <laughs> and like, like you said, it's, what did you just say? It's like, <laughs> uh, freakishly, perfect, so beautifully, yeah, almost sickening. It's sickening, so beautiful. There you go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sickeningly beautiful. Cause it's like, really, did I get here? Yeah. So anyways, Kimberly, yay. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, so why don't we just start by, um, by if you could please just kind of uh, give us any little tidbit of information, age, whereabouts, anything else that you want to share just to uh, help people understand where you're coming from. Okay. I'm Kimberly. I live in Kansas City. Um, I'm 55 now which I don't feel at all. <laughs> ah. um, and I have three boys, grown boys. Um, mm. And I'm recently married to my best friend and love of my life. Ah. Very happy now, but it was a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. So doesn't that just sound like kind of some sort of like picture perfect little wonderful? Oh, how beautiful. There she is. So yeah. <laughs> and yes, 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 yes. And woman, you have earned it. You deserve it and you've earned it and you've worked for it and you held this vision for yourself and I just like I just couldn't even be like <laughs> more happy for you. It's crazy. So, let's go back. Let's go back because for anyone who's listening, you're just almost not even going to believe that she went from that to that, right? Or from this to that or whatever. So let's go back. So here you are. Is it, is it considered the Midwest U.S.? Is that what that yes. region is all? Do we call it the Midwest? Or yes. No? Right in the middle of the, is it the South. States. Yes. Right in the middle. Midwest is what they say. Okay. Yep. The Midwest. It's a couple of states I haven't been to. Yeah. So there you are um, growing up in um, Oklahoma. Smack dab mm -hmm. in the middle of it all. Um, and and it's you and your sisters, right? Right. Yeah. You've got some sisters and you're growing up with dear old dad and mom. And and so take us back, please, to your childhood and, and what some of those um, really powerful experiences were like for you uh, growing up in that home. Okay, I'm already going to get teary. Hmm. 
I just want to, I guess, uh, my parents were 16 mm. when they got married. <laughs> right. And um, obviously, I was a part of that, <laughs> I guess you'd say. Um, and I, I just, I guess, want to start with that I honor them for staying together yeah. through everything before I, you know, share <laughs> my life mm -hmm. because I'm proud of them because at 16, that's, I just, I can't even imagine, you know? No. No, at all. And um, so I was the oldest, obviously, of three girls and we're very spread apart in age because they were so young. And, um, you know, I don't have a ton of memories, I will admit, of childhood. Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, s stories, different things that we did, but my family didn't really talk about feelings and stuff like that. It was just, we're going to go to soccer practice. We're going to do this Girl Scouts and, you know, the activities, but mm -hmm. I am a very deep, deep feeler, deep thinker. And so I didn't have that really close one-on-one -on -one relationship by any means. Mm -hmm. That emotional nurturing, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think they were so young that they were trying to figure it out themselves, you know? Absolutely. Because when I, you know, when I was six, I mean, I think about my, when I was 16, they were only freaking 32. I mean, that's, <laughs> that is a lot to handle, you know, a teenager at that age. And mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were absolutely out of their depths. Absolutely. And I didn't, because I didn't have that emotional connection. I went seeking it big time and boys and wanting to feel loved. And mm -hmm. one thing I, as I looked back on our pat, my patterns, as we talked over our time together, um, I chased the thrills. I wanted the, the highs and like the newness of a relationship. And then I easily got bored. I would move on, and then that brought shame, and that brought, you know, um, judgment from people. Because mm -hmm. I'm at a little Christian school in the Midwest where, I don't know, I felt like everybody was perfect, and, you know, we always think that, right? Mm -hmm. That everybody else has it all figured out. And um, when you sleep around in a little Christian school, you can imagine the labels and that, you know, I mean, just the mm -hmm. the guilt and shame that came from that. And um, well, you were searching for that love and security, right, from the male figure. So do you want to share just a little bit about because there's a big reason why you went looking for that and searching for that and why this was such a pattern in your life of having these really hard relationships with men. And it goes back to how your dad, you know, treated you guys, right? Um, you and your sisters and the kind of influence and figure head in the home that he was. And, you know, he was a bit of a scary guy, right? And, and so that love and safety was not there. 
No, and it was right? really scary. And we're unconditional love. That's what I mean. I mean, yeah, I know he loved you guys, right? Oh, but absolutely. it was there was a, a big fear factor going on there. So, yeah, what was he actually really? What was he like? That was one thing I was just gonna say was he was like your your biggest fan one minute, like your biggest cheerleader and mm-hmm. biggest support, and then if you didn't act right or do right. Or um, there was a lot of harsh words and a lot of, um, I'm just going to say it, physical abuse. Yeah. And um, so it was very scary to know that, I mean, you question what is the definition of love? If you hear, I love you, I love you, I love you, and then smack, you know, and yeah, uh, you don't, you don't trust that at all yeah I wanted to but it got worse as I kept uh, making bad choices with boys and the abuse got worse because I think he he was very much a control person and yeah I think he couldn't control me and he was a big guy too right very yes and um as I made more and more about choices that you know I have to own but I didn't I didn't deserve what I got by any means and Mm -hmm. um it set me in a path of just love anger love anger love anger you know yeah and well that was the way that he actually fathered and and loved you right so there was a lot of fear, abuse, right? Um, physically and, other word, and otherwise. And so that's a real, you know, <laughs> it's scary and it's like a roller coaster and you never know what to expect. And, and yet this was the kind of fatherly love that was modeled and given to you. You know, there's that story, that one story you told me that time when you were a teenager, and he was literally like sitting on the porch with a gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like to me, that's just like out of a movie. You know what I mean? And yet this was like your life. You know what I mean? Because he, you know, you were dating or something mm-hmm. like that. And and he's sitting there with a gun. He thought it was funny. Obviously, <laughs> like, I didn't. <laughs> well, and I'm laughing about it now because it like it's like, yeah, this is... um it's intense. Like there is this incredible intensity. So, and yeah, naturally you're not going to, you know, and so from your younger years, you know, when you're just little, you're not going to have a lot of memories because there's too much fear. It's too scary, especially like, and you, I know you, you're a very sensitive woman, right? An empath type of woman. And so this kind of stuff, it's just like, yeah, we're not even going to have a lot of memories and the ones that we do, it, they're scary. And, um, and so there's PTSD already that you are experiencing, right? So um, yeah, so, you know, now you're a teenager and, and things, you know, you start to take your life into your own hands as all teenagers do, especially when you have a rough start, right? It's, it's unsettling. There's fear. You, it's not, like I said, it's not a safe place for you, right? It's not safe love. It's not unconditional love. There's a lot of fear, a lot of abuse, a lot of scary stuff going on, right? Um, Some of the time. So you just never know, right? You never know, right? You're walking on eggshells or that kind of thing, right? So I think that was the biggest thing. Yeah. 
was that you just didn't know yeah. when it would trigger yeah. out. So there's this constant state of fear, right? Or or constant state of threat of fear. There you go. And yeah. and there's follow through with him, right? Like it's not even just a threat. There's the follow through. So this is um, you know, this is an abusive cycle, right? That you are experiencing as a little one whose nervous system is just growing and developing and you're learning what love looks like. So then, yeah, you and your sisters set out on your way in your teenage years and beyond, and it's going to be rough. It can't not be. <laughs> and it's by no fault of your own, right? You are doing your absolute best with the tools and that you've been given, right? And, and what you think love looks like and feels like it's scary. Well, and I think that's part of the key is that we didn't talk about things. We didn't talk about how we were yeah. feeling or talk about processing. It was just, you know, the hug the next day of, I love you. I, I, <laughs> uh. You know, so I didn't ever get to figure it out. I never, um, yeah, I, I just didn't know how to process, I guess. I just shoved it all down. And then moved to the next thing. Right. And it built and grew. And future relationships as, you know, you go on were um, really messy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when did, um, so when did alcohol or any of that kind of stuff start to come in as a, as a nice way to calm and soothe your nervous system? Because your nervous system, like, has been hijacked. Like, you are in a constant state of fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just get that straight, right? Right. So you're in this constant state of fight or flight, right? Dysregulated nervous system, because your core wound is really around that, that fear, right? So we're just always tense, mm -hmm. nervous, anxious, right? Like, we're always in a, in a state of fear, it's it's so it's so um, consistent for you because it started at such a young age, right? Mm -hmm. So there's that you know you're constantly in a state of fear, and that's just your normal, right? So yeah, things like alcohol or you know, yeah, searching for a, a, a safe boy or a safe young man, right? It's like mm -hmm. anything to like s s help you to feel safe and soothed and loved is what you are after. <laughs> Let's get that straight. Right. So, yeah. Well, and I thought I thought alcohol was awesome because <laughs> it helped me relax. That is what I always would say. Yeah. It helped me relax. It started when I was 16 Absolutely. and I could start driving and I could get out of the house on my own, you know, or. Um, yeah. And I wasn't a heavy drinker in high school. Um, it was just you know, on the weekends, but it wasn't even every weekend. I mean, I didn't have an opportunity. I didn't have a lot of party friends because I went to a Christian school. That was a blessing there mm -hmm. because when I did drink, I didn't stop, you know, I was never a have one wine cooler back in the eighties, wine coolers, but <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't a one. No, because it works too well. Yeah. Right? It feels too good. It was warm. It was soothing. It, yeah. It made me happy, it, you know, or I thought it did, right? <laughs> um, it perfectly filled the void and soothed your, soothed your fears, right? It relaxed you. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it literally is the perfect fit initially. It really is. Mm -hmm. And that's why we keep doing it. But then we go along and you go into your 20s and uh, 
When did you become a mom? How old were you? I was 29. I was old. Okay. <laughs> I was old, but older. Right. Well, compared to your sisters, right? Yeah. And right. your parents. So yeah, you really did. I was the, yeah, God blessed me in that, I will say, because um, I didn't, how do you say, I didn't deserve to not have children. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? I I was just not a wise uh, person in that area. And um, the fact that I was protected from an un- unwanted pregnancy, I've been grateful for for a long time. Um, mm. it, I had a lot of abuse uh, in relationships because when you're a drunk and they're a drunk and mm-hmm. you know just all the that comes in that and I uh, was well and again remember what you had been modeled yeah the highs and lows when you just said the word roller coaster I felt like everything was a roller coaster right we seek out what feels like love yeah yeah and that was your normal. Yeah. And that was your normal. And so you put up with that in a relationship for a very long time. Um, and the drinking was always there. Is that, is that true? You know, I was thinking about that before yesterday as I was thinking through everything. I went seasons where, like, this sounds goofy to say, but I was, my kids were little. Uh, they were in elementary school. And yeah. I was folding clothes one day and Oprah was on, which was hilarious because I never, ever watched Oprah, but it was a God thing because oh, I love the, the, the theme was moms who drink. Oh, and they were talking about, um, hiding it and, uh, having a couple while you're doing laundry and not enough where you couldn't go pick the kids up oh my but, God. you know just the theme of all these this woman panel mm-hmm. and I was like oh shit mm-hmm. uh, I do all those things <gasps> I do all those things and um, I decided and this is going to sound so funny looking back I decided I wasn't going to drink for five years and that was going to prove to me that I wasn't an alcoholic mm-hmm. and so I was sober for five years. Wow. And then I started drinking at five years. It was like I, that was my test yeah. or whatever. Wow. And then it got worse after that, <laughs> as it always does. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about when we, when we, when we met um, three years ago uh, and you messaged me and then we actually chatted, right? We had a quick little chat and, uh, and you were like, and, what did I say? I said, okay, because you had been drinking, right? Like, or the day before. And I was like, okay, um, you know, I can't talk to you. I can't work with you if you're right. Like I'm, you know, so I was like, you, you do a week alcohol free (laughs) and you call me back. (laughs) And that was kind of how we left it. And I thought, I'll never hear from this woman again. Right. Cause that's the norm, right? If someone's that deep, it's kind of like, why didn't I time this better? It was the holidays. <laughs> I was like, crap. Why didn't I? <laughs> and lo and behold, there you were a week later. And I was like, okay, this woman is, uh, is well, number one, she's serious, right? 
which like I said, nine times out of 10, I don't hear from someone again. Um, and, and it just showed, like, it just proved what you, how you just did. Like you make up your mind about something and you are very determined, right? And you know what you want and you work for it. Just like, you know, you gave yourself a five-year no alcohol zone and you just did it, right? It's, it's pretty cool. Like you have that really strong, um, I want to say even like work ethic, right? Like you're just like, I'm doing this mm-hmm. and you do it. And so I think, and I kind of sense that with you, like, oh, I think she needs a little bit of a challenge here. And, and you just rose to it. And, and so then there we were. And, and yeah, you were in a bit of a spot. Um, lots going on three years ago. Um, just kind of like now let's, let's kind of fast forward through the thirties and the forties, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, we've got kids and we're this and that and relationships and the drinking's there. And it's yeah. like, you know, life is just kind of like, it's almost like it's happening to us. Right. Right. It's like, I don't know if we're just so deep in mom mode or relationship mode and, and just like life's just happening to us. It almost feels like, yeah. and then you know, you were really waking up. Just coasting. Well, yeah. And, and it was an interesting time three years ago with, you know, all that COVID, COVID mishmash and all that jazz, right? So, but you were seriously. Well, and I the- had just gotten divorced. Uh, yeah, I had gotten divorced. Um, that, okay, that was it. So you were at this nice little turning point. point. I had gotten divorced after 23 years um, of yuck. Just going to label it that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. And um, of repeating old patterns is what it is. Yeah. Repeating old patterns. You played the whole thing out. Right. And I stayed in it because I had three amazing children and I wasn't willing to sacrifice that. And yeah. I, well, I believed that um, I'd made that commitment and I was stuck. I just did. Um, yeah. And. So I had gotten divorced in 19, early 19, and we started talking Thanksgiving of 20. And in that year and a half, um, I made up for lost time, let's say, of having fun and dating and finding myself, I thought, and I was not finding myself. I was miserable. Yeah. I was absolutely miserable. And I'd found myself. And where was the drinking at then? Were you going back and forth or going? I'd found myself in another really crappy, controlling, uh, roller coaster, toxic relationship and beating myself up about how did I get here? And when I talked to you, I was heavy, heavy drinking every day after work by myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the deck, writing, crying. How did I get here? I'm better than this. Right. I don't want to be like this anymore. As you say, as AA says, I'm sick and tired of being tired. Yeah. And deep down knowing that in your like deepest heart, it's like, where is this love and safety and security that I have been desiring, craving, yearning for? Yeah my whole fucking life. And I'm still here, not in that place. Right. So you knew the alcohol needed to get out. And And I'm 52 at that point, you know, I'm like, (laughs) yeah, 
It's time. It's time. <laughs> I would like it's to time. be loved. I'm a damn good person. I don't know how many times I said that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But your patterns were so strong, right? Of, mm-hmm. of what you felt and, and subconsciously believed, actually, this is what I deserve. This is what I'm worth. Because this is how even my own father loved me and treated me, mm-hmm. right? It was painful. It was hard. It was abusive. It was, you know, this and that. And so you realize that alcohol needed to get out. And actually, let's talk about your um, your love of God and your faith here, because this is such a big, um, these last couple of years, you know, or those first couple of years that we met from 20, 2020 to 2022, you're, you're, I mean, you just really committed so deeply, right? Like I've got to keep the alcohol out. You really, I would say, deepened and expanded. It felt like your mm-hmm. your love, your connection to God, even deeper because you got more in tune with what real love felt like. Yeah, absolutely. And cleared a lot of, you know, the old, the healing, clearing out the old patterns. And it was almost like you just like lasered in on the deeper truth here and got more aligned with that. And so then you've had this, you know, really magical, profound unfolding over just the last year or two, right? So yeah, give me, just share a little around some of that stuff. I really gave my life to the Lord when I was 26 and always Mm. was um, a prayer warrior and uh, was in church, raised raised my kids in church and um, got pretty burned by the church too. When I was, mm. I'd say, in my four, early 40s. So, um, but when when you and I started talking, I was always a journaler. I've, I have mountains of journals. I write everything. I write all day how I feel, what I'm thinking, my prayers. But when you and I started talking, you very much deepened because I was questioning so many things. Why? Why did I have to go through that? Why didn't I learn? Why, why didn't I, uh, why didn't I learn? I guess that was a big thing. And so I feel like I was just talking to God in my writing all the time and sobbing, 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 sobbing. It was like the first time that I Mm -hmm. genuinely allowed myself to feel all the hurt and disappointment. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like I, I always look forward to talking to you, but I didn't, because <laughs> I knew it was gonna stir up. It was gonna stir up so much more, more things to process. But yeah, um, I, I always knew that God's hand was on me through it all, and that I was beginning to see. Uh, I like to call him God stops. Like his hand was in that. His hand was in that. His, hand, you know, as you, as I would, as we were going back through my story, mm-hmm. um, seeing where he was in it all, and how it could have been so much worse, um, or how he protected me from this or that, and and I feel like I I. <laughs> They like to say in church, he's, he's the lover of your soul. Mm. He's the, and I always thought that was really creepy, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's my lover. I, I, that creeped me out because of my past, right? 
But then I started to feel that, Mm. that deep love and that deep forgiveness and that baby, honey, I would just want to hold you and take care of you. And, um, you're safe. I'm going to make this okay. You're safe now. Yeah. Safety is a really big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt that for the first time and I had to heal a lot of that. Yeah. And let go. It's, it's this surrendering of this, all the fears and all the pain and the abuse and surrendering it all and recognizing I'm, I'm going to be okay and I'm going to be safe. I can relax now. I can actually let go of my fear. I can let go of this pain and I can relax. I can surrender and I can trust that I will be safe, right? Like, I'm not going to die, literally. Yeah, I always wanted to control everything. Yeah. Which is just fear. Yeah. <laughs> it's just straight up fear. I don't have control of anything. <laughs> well. <laughs> of myself. Yeah. So this is the fallout. And I really want to make this really clear for anybody listening. But for someone that grows up in an environment that is a little bit of a war, is a little bit of a war zone, right? You, there's trauma, there's abuse, um, there's violence, there's yelling, like fear, like straight up. I'm fucking scared here uh, for some reason, right? Like, like I said, yelling, throwing, my dad carries a gun on the couch, you know, he's sitting on the, you know, like all of this, like really all these fear tactics. So for you to reach this point where like, I'm done being scared. I'm just done. I actually want to feel safe in my body. So I have to literally make the decision or else my, my body, my nervous system is just going to continue to hijack me and hold me hostage to that. This is PTSD, Absolutely. right? We're hostage to, to our past trauma. Mm-hmm. So you get locked in these mental ruts that re-trigger you again and again and again. And then you're hijacked again. You're in that state of fear again. And all you're going to then um, be experiencing in your life is more of the same, right? Yeah. So it, it's, it's like the bravest thing to finally <laughs> recognize that I'm safe. I am safe. I can surrender this fear. I can trust in something bigger, greater. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be safe. I can relax. And I have to say, like, I'm, I'm looking at you right now and I have never, well, seen you and, but more importantly, felt you in such a relaxed, surrendered state. Like you've just like, it's just all melted off of you. All that tension, Mm -hmm. all that fear, all that anxiety, all of that, you know, hyped up energy that you, like, it was like a ball of, 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 (laughs) Mm-hmm. nerves, right? That's, you know, when I first met you, that's what you were. And now it's all just melted away. I like to describe myself at the time. I felt like a ball of rubber bands, you know, like those hard mm. rubber bands that mm-hmm. I was about to snap mm-hmm. at any moment. Well, and I want to say one thing I just thought of for people listening and I don't even I know I've shared this with you but you know after I worked the program I went back out I went back out drinking Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I say that because sometimes you hear people's stories and you think god how did they do it how did they just start and 
and never mess up. No. And I went back out and got into the most PTSD toxic situation at 53 years old that I had ever been in. Mental manipulation, narcissist that absolutely put me over the edge. Absolutely. And it was like it all just snapped. And it wasn't until February of 2022. That's my, that's my sobriety date. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I am not a bright person. It took me going to the pits (laughs) again and again to, I was not a quick learner. It's not about smart or dumb or bright. No, it's not that it's, um, it's, it's not about intelligence. It's, it's none of that. These, when, even once we, we do some initial healing and we see the patterns and we understand where it's all coming from, even then most people tend to want to have one, two, maybe even three more times of like uh, spiraling back down and spiraling back down. And but this time they see themselves in it mm-hmm. and they and they're like witnessing their own shit in real time and that's part mm-hmm. of the process right mm-hmm. for so many people that's the norm actually even once you you get it and you know well, and I could hear your words echoing yeah you know in those deep moments of you know all the things that you spoke over me you saw my potential you would always call me, I have a list right here that I keep on my book, shine, peaceful, you're a leader, you touch lives, you're a light worker, you pour out your conduit, mm. you, God has a purpose, you know, all these things that mm-hmm. you spoke over me that I would remember. And, and I also, I just have to, have to, have to say in, um, 2021 you told me to make a list Mm -hmm. you know where i'm going with this oh yes i do make a list of all the things all the things all the things that you desire that you want in a beautiful even to yeah the little things and i did that and i saved that and i prayed over that and at times felt like ah i don't know if i didn't feel like i didn't deserve it but it felt (laughs) unreal can I just say that? Like, I felt spoiled. I felt. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you'd never actually experienced. There's it. no such thing. Yeah. As this. Yeah. And if I've never had it before, yeah. how could that even be a safe place for me? Yeah, we can want things and, uh, and, and wish for things. But if we've literally never experienced mm-hmm. them before that love and safety, then actually, that kind of a good thing it's so, it's it's more scary. It actually feels yeah. like death. It's it's that scary. Like how could I be safe in that? Even though I can tell that's, you know, what I what I want and I can see it in other people and it sure does look really good, but I've never experienced it ever in my life. So that 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 must be, you know, sure death. <laughs> and again for you, like understanding that core wound of yours, right? It's all around fear and safety. It's such a primal thing. And, and your subconscious and your nervous system will take you out. And so I love that you're, you know, sharing that even though we had done all that work, it still took another like year or two 
of, of kind of like spiraling back down, spiraling back down. And then finally, it's like, oh, I'm actually going to finally trust myself and trust life and trust God and trust everything here that I'm going to be okay. I, I can actually trust like the sense of safety. Like mm-hmm. I, I can be okay. I will live. I won't die. I won't be abused. I won't be hurt. I won't be And within myself, not in another person. With me and God. Yeah, that's the, I love that you say that. That's the whole trick right there is that you finally cultivated it within yourself. Because I thought I was going to find it in right. somebody else. You finally yeah. cultivated it in yourself and then boom attracted in someone (laughs) who also wanted the same things right and you guys have been building a foundation that actually is built in love and safety (sighs) Mm -hmm. so what's that been like for the past is it just this whole past year now just Um, yeah we we (laughs) yeah it's just been this year it's just this year. I mean, like I said, I've never seen you more relaxed and more surrendered in my life. And so here you are just actually welcoming in. And that was hard. Um, that was scary. And that was hard. Mm-hmm. And I was just telling you before we started recording that, bless his heart, he was on a on a couch and had to talk for hours every night um, about his wounds and his fears. And I had to see Mm -hmm. that somebody was going to be able to grow and heal and do the work and um, be able to be on this journey with me. And I had a lot of shit to tell him. It was hard to say, you know, I've been married multiple times. Here's my journey. Are you okay with that? You know, I mean, it was a lot for that poor man to hear. Yeah. And do you want the same thing that I do? Yes. Yes. Because I would. Right. Yeah. Do you want the same thing that I do? Are we both creating a, a, a container here that's only filled with love and safety? Mm-hmm. Because you were done with anything else. Yes. Because <laughs> I had gotten to the point where I was finally okay being alone. Mm. For the first time in my life, I'd gotten to the point where I was okay being alone and I didn't it was gonna have to be very god-given very blessed very safe very all those things on that list um and I remember calling you going you're not freaking gonna believe it but he is every (laughs) single one of those like 25 things even down to the extras that I wrote off Mm. to the side he likes to golf. He likes to camp. He likes to, you know, the little things that were absolutely not deal breakers, yeah. but they were extras, things I love. And um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, and, and because like you just said, you had reached a point where you actually came into contact with those qualities within yourself, right? Absolutely. You'd finally, you know, been alcohol free for quite a while um, and, and created something a lot more peaceful in your own life. And then that was absolutely yeah. the hardest thing I'd ever done. No one deserves and it more than you. I think that people which was that are listening need to hear that, that getting sober yeah. 
and feeling your feelings and healing is absolutely the hardest thing I've ever done. It is not an easy thing. And um, I think a lot of people make it sound easy. And I needed to hear from somebody. This is going to be very hard. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be an very scary hour by hour, sometimes minutes of thinking, uh, why do I want to drink right now? What is it that I'm feeling? Why do I, why am I running? Why am I scared? Why am I, you know, and, um, yeah, and conquering it and being proud and, and all of that. It's yeah. be proud of every step in AA, they would say. You know, I would catch myself saying, well, I'm only three days clean or I'm only two months. And they were like, huh, uh, no, 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 no. There is no only take that out. You know, you be proud of every minute. That's when the biggest awards should be handed out, actually. That 30 day (laughs) coin. I mean, that's huge. Oh, that is huge. It's all that and the one year, right? For me really felt like the, the biggest, like what those are. Yeah. Yeah. And even, even the weak, weak one is like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, the hardest thing. Right. Um, um, yeah, it, it really is the hardest thing. And especially for someone like you, who, when you eliminate all the the coping mechanisms and all the crutches are gone and it's just you with your shit and knowing again, like I want to really, you know, kind of hammer this in is that the kind of trauma that you went through, right? That had never been healed, never been dealt with, never been fully loved. Mm-hmm right? You've been running from it your whole life and repeating the patterns. So when you finally see it and then love it, in other words, love all of you, right? And see all the parts of you that you had been turning away from and, 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 you know, pushing down. And um, when you finally face all those pains and traumatic things, like, it's super scary. It's super hard. It's dark. It's heavy. It's like, it's filled with all sorts of things, hate and grief and sadness and depression. And like, you name it, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you had some hard years in those early years of your life. It's that scary for a little person, um, especially a little girl um, being on the receiving end um, from her own dad right? Like, I, I believe it literally doesn't even get any scarier. Um, and so you had a lot to move through. You had a lot to move through and a lot to love and a lot to release. Absolutely. And you've done it. And it's, an, it's still ongoing. Like, I get that. It's not a, really a one and done, but yeah. you are over the, the hardest. You're through, you're through it, through it, I should say, the, the hardest things. Yeah. Well, and alcohol lies so much, you know, tells you that oh. you're not going to be fun. <laughs> it's one big you're lie. You're not going to be able to relax. It's one you're big not, lie. Yeah, absolutely. It's a mental, such a mental game. Yeah. But underneath all of that is you're scared. Yeah. And you don't even feel worthy of being just who you actually are. All the messy, hurt, traumatized, all the, and it's like, no, you're lovable with all of that going on, but you don't think you are. Yeah. And and that's the lie. And then alcohol gives you that. 
that liquid courage or gives you the lie to, to think, oh, now I'm lovable. But actually, it's the other way around. All right, you. I am going to um, ask you a couple little questions here. Let me pull them up. Oh, Kimberly. <laughs> Please share with us, when or where do you experience the greatest sense of freedom? So I first, my, my first answer is absolutely outside. Camping, fire, trees, birds. It's 30 degrees and I'm sitting outside on my deck. Mother nature. In the nature. I love it. Um, <laughs> but also I want to give an example because something happened um, the other day that made me really proud so it was the end of my busy season, seven weeks of very long hours. And I was completely stressed, mentally drained, had a really hard day. And never once did I think about drinking. I didn't hmm. say to myself, I suck. <laughs> I mean, in fact, I said, I'm really damn good at my job. Um Mm. I was able to receive love and be in my feminine and let my man take care of me. Mm. And I do want a little, uh, throw a little thing in here that being in your feminine is so much more fun mm -hmm. than being in charge. In mm -hmm. um, that moment that night, it was just minutes afterwards, I thought, Wow, look how far I've come. You know that. Yes. It was it was like so many things all in one moment that it really almost made me cry. I looked at Chris and I was like, babe, I just have to tell you something. You know, like I was so proud of myself right then. How far I'd come. Yay. I love it. Well, like you recognized I'm navigating. I'm navigating this really hard, stressful moment in my life right now, and I'm all you know, and yet I'm loving myself. I'm I'm just sailing along here. I don't need to lean into something that's actually going to hurt me. And mm -hmm. look at me just holding myself quite nicely here with some dignity, right? Yeah. Integrity. Beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's, that feels very freeing and, and in the soul, right? Yeah, absolutely does. Yeah, that I was speaking positively. and I'm on a whole new level of flight here. And being taken care of, that used to kind of creep me out. Not creep me out, but I wasn't good at that. I wasn't good at receiving. It's hard for you. Yeah, I didn't trust it. So being able to receive and be taken care because of. Because you didn't trust the masculine, and rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> now it feels yeah. amazing. Yeah. How could you trust the masculine? You couldn't. Yeah. No. Look at you. Yeah, mm. it was beautiful. Okay. Well, this leads perfectly into the next question then. How or with whom do you feel the fullest sense of love? I feel like I have long answers on everything. I have a tie for three things. Um, myself, now, <laughs> uh, now that I've done the extremely hard work of sobriety, hours of writing and crying and seeing patterns, I'm super, super proud of myself. Um, Number two, God, absolutely in worship. I love to just stand and uh, out here on my deck with my hands in the air and listening to worship music and knowing that I'm loved and forgiveness and that all of this had a purpose. Like, um, 
I believe that uh, one thing I wanted to tell you, actually, this is how I was going to answer the next question, but uh, since I'm already saying it, um, there's a word called kazon. I have not heard of that. And it's the Hebrew word for vision and what God had in mind for me when I was mm. created. And I believe that because of all that I've gone through, that my kazon is loving and encouraging and supporting and women and he's he's allowing me opportunities to um, bond with women that I wouldn't have been able to talk to had I not been in their shoes before and I'm seeing mm-hmm. good come out of things and it's beautiful it's hard but it's beautiful Mm-hmm. So, and of course, my last one is my man. Just your presence now is yeah, healing. My man is my best friend, and yeah. I believe he was a complete gift to me. Um, God worked in his life in so many ways as um, to be what we both needed for one another. It's mm. like we we laugh that we need to write a story because things he went through, things that I went through were completely different. But they helped each of us understand how to help the other person. So it's, 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 we laugh. We're not, neither one of us are perfect, but we're absolutely perfect for each other. (laughs) It's a very cool story. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it. It is. And I, and I do want to also say, because you made the comment about my dad being big. Mm-hmm. Chris is even bigger than my dad. Oh, perfect. And that was a little weird at first, you know, mm. that was, that was a, a hard one. Um, but I was glad that I had done that healing because by. Was it a little bit triggering at first? Oh, right? absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, but now it's healing. Yeah. It's, it's. Yeah. God is using that to heal in a different way that I couldn't have done on my own. Right. I mean, I couldn't have fabricated a a big, right. Huge hug. Yeah. No. Uh, And it's been, that's been really cool. (laughs) Yeah. He's pure medicine, right? Holy moly. Absolutely. All right. So in the infinity of life where you are, or really where your soul is. I mean, what a little journey your soul has been on in this little life here. So in the infinity of life where you are, what do you know for sure, Kimberly? What is your sacred truth? God was walking with me through every step of that. And I am loved exactly as I am right now. I was created exactly like I am. And like you used to say to me, I don't need to be fixed. You said that a lot. Right. You don't need to be fixed. You just need to heal and, and love who I am. Um, and that I am absolutely blessed with the family and group of friends that are a huge support and cheerleaders for me through thick and thin. My children, um, have been such a, such an encouragement on days that I literally, literally said, I don't think, I think I've knocked this drinking thing. I think I could maybe have a drink now and just, and they're like, no, 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 no. 
<laughs> we do not support that one bit. <laughs> um, speaking. Yeah, let's not waste our time with you that. Know, we still are, we still want to get crazy there every once in a while. No, 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 no. Um, There's other ways. My truth, my family, and my God, and that I am exactly where I am and who I am created to be. And I now Mm. am very, very grateful for that. It's hard. It was a hard road. And that God has, yeah, and God has actually been loving me. Through it all. Every step of the way. Even through Every chapter, every, every single experience. So in other words, I've actually always been in God's hands and I've always been safe. I've always been safe and I've always been loved. Even when I didn't recognize it. Even when I wasn't seeking him. Even when I wasn't behaving that way. Absolutely. Right? Even when I was all caught up in fear Mm -hmm. and tense and this and that underneath or within or all around. I don't know how you want to. I've actually always been safe and I've always been loved every step of the way. I didn't seem like it because of maybe this one person that was treating me this way or this other person that was, but that was just one person, yeah. right? It wasn't the like absolute truth. Absolutely. And true. now yes. you are living in this place of absolute truth, right? Where <sighs> I finally surrendered <laughs> into the safety and love that has been there all along. Yeah. All along, it's been there. I just got caught up in some circumstances with this other person. Mm -hmm. But at any moment, I actually could have just like turned my gaze. Ah, that's beautiful. Or dropped down, like dropped within, either way. Yeah. And I could have connected with it. Yeah. Because if it's here now, it's always been there. Amen. That's a profound shift for anyone who struggles with um, a dysregulated nervous system, PTSD, right? Has a lot of fear or past trauma or anxiety. Um, It's like literally just like that with that perspective shift into, right? What you think is your current truth, right? With what's going on with an experience with someone, you can actually literally just shift over into the absolute truth and drop into all of that love and safety and holding and guiding um, and connection that's actually always there. Mm-hmm. And that it's a, it's a really brave leap. Like I get it. It's not easy. <laughs> it's so scary. No, it is not. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's right there. Oh my goodness. I love you woman. Thank you yeah, so much. I wish everybody could see what I see right now. You just like, <laughs> The sun is shining. You're sitting on your on your on your porch. You got a blanket around you. It's like so so lovely. Oh, woman, Peace. I just still I'm 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 almost in awe. I mean, of course, I knew that this was exactly what is possible, but the level of softness that you have now is just wow. Mm-hmm. It's wow. I love you. Me too. Thank you for all your help. What a just, oh, so good to speak with her and to hear her. And you know, my biggest takeaway from this conversation that I had with Kimberly the other day was that 
The tone of her voice, the speed in which she was communicating was so beautiful. And this is how I know the healing has occurred. Um, she used to talk a lot faster <laughs> with a whole different tone. And so make a note of this, you guys. When you hear someone's voice, it, it, you learn a lot about a person and what's really going on with them just by listening to the tone and the way that they speak, not even the words. And so I want you to notice that with, with Kimberly. It was almost like, you know, she was so relaxed. You know, she had been healed, right? So many of her things had been healed and there's this soothing quality now to the, the rhythm of her, of her voice and the way that she speaks. It's so beautiful because healing is finite. Please know this, it's not a forever thing. When you decide and you set out and you are willing to do the work and, and commit and you know really go for it like Kimberly has over these last couple of years, it's finite. And you reach a point where the wounding, the pain, the fear lets go of you. And this is what's happened with her. And you know, I can see it, I can feel it, I can hear it. It's just the absolute gorgeous thing. So I encourage you, if you are still struggling with something, please reach out for support. You can contact me or anyone that is resonating for you, but get the support because you can heal and it can be over with, for real. Sometimes it happens overnight, sometimes it takes a couple of years, but it can be done. Healing is not a forever thing. Okay, it's not a forever thing. So keep looking until you figure it out and find out how to heal your particular wounding. Um, it's just like if you get a scratch or a cut on your arm, it's cut and then it heals and it scars up. So the memory will always be there, the scar. But the actual wound, the pain, the this, the that, like it just dissolves and goes away then we can move on and create something so much more expanded and beautiful for ourselves. I love you all so much. Thank you for being here. 